Hello, and welcome to another episode of Military Transition Wellness, the podcast dedicated exclusively to those transitioning from military service. I'm your host, Michelle Seidling, and today we are talking about recovering from mental illness, doing so with fitness, with nutrition, with with holistic things that you can focus on to really bring back your mental health. And here to help us do that is Kevin Kearns. Welcome to the podcast, Kevin. This podcast is available on multiple platforms, including YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and others. Please be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform to be informed as new episodes become available. If you enjoyed today's episode or any of our episodes, please rate and review the podcast on your favorite platform. As always, check out our website at foodexperienceunplugged.com for some resources as you begin your health journey. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you for all the listeners. And, and again, thank you for all our people, men and women that have served in the military, veterans, and are still serving today. Because if we don't have them, we're in big trouble. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll jump into this. So the reason we're reaching out to the military or focusing on the military and law enforcement myself is I, my new book is Light in the Tunnel, How to Survive and Thrive a Depression on Amazon and on Audible is a true story how in 2019, after a very messy and bloody divorce to the point where Let's put it this way. It's going to sound like a dateline. Somebody attacked my gas meter in my house. Mm -hmm. Wow. And that somebody was the ex. And we can't prove that, but it is a fact. So you want to talk about PTSD? And then that was early on in the divorce. And it got very messy, very bloody, and very costly. And to the point where you get overwhelmed. And similar to the military, you have that transition where you're going, okay, I was married. You know, here you are in 3,300 square feet in your dream house. And then everything's gone. And now you're in an 1,100 square foot box in an apartment and you're seeing your kids every other weekend. It's kind of like, now what? So I can only imagine. I mean, my one, reg- I think I only have one regret my entire life is not serving because everybody, everybody was like, people have said that I've worked with the military as like we were discussing earlier. I've been working with the military ever since I got involved with the UFC and trained 15 UFC fighters. You know, people like Kenny Florian, Marcus Davis, Kurt Pellegrino. And when I put out DVDs and I wrote articles, the military reached out to me and the law enforcement reached out to me. And we always, especially back in the early two, mid-2000s when Afghanistan and Iraq was going on, we did anything we could for the military and still do to this day. Uh, I'm in Rhode Island now. A few years ago, I, I worked with the Rhode Island National Guard and General Callahan. And anytime law enforcement pops up, anything and everything that we can do for the military, we do. So I think the transition for them coming home is quite challenging. You know, the, 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 everybody, I think everybody after age probably 25 has some type of trauma. You know, there's some type of trauma in your life. When you look at military, when you really think about it, their PTSD is off the chart in law enforcement. I mean, look, at, look at right now, people dropping like flies. And now with the, the, the law enforcement, they have to have a camera built on their chest so they don't get in trouble. And the military, it, it's not, kind of similar. I mean, you know, you've got to train people to go into an area that um, and hopefully, they, you know, in a combative situation, it's very difficult. You know, you're, you're kind of you're taught you're taught to kill people, and then you have to come back and go. Okay, now you can go back and work at you know working as an accountant. How does that work? <laughs> you know, how does that work? You know, wait a minute. I was just like driving a tank, and now I'm an accountant again. Doesn't I don't know? It's very difficult. I think. So I think one of the best ways that we found between our lectures and our workshops is one of the things that we push on everybody is our three pillars, and our three pillars are proper exercise, proper nutrition, and proper mindset programming. That's a very big thing because you really have to think about what you're doing and, and really program, get that out of your head. And if, the big thing I tell people too, I go, look, I'm a mental health advocate. I'm not a therapist. Get a therapist, get whoever you need, you know, whatever it is. I will help you with those other things, but you need to talk to a professional. 
You definitely need to talk to a professional. When I became transparent in 2021, excuse me, 2020, about what I went through, we posted a video. Uh, my business coach asked me to post a video on, on Facebook because I hadn't been on Facebook for a while. And he said, talk about something difficult. I talk about the depression. And we got 2,000 views in a day. To date, and I'm not trying to be egotistical, before the book came out, I've saved 21 people from committing suicide. Somebody didn't know, somebody knew. Wow. People just reached out to me and like, I need help coach. I'm like, okay, you know, can you talk to my son? I'm like, I'll talk to anybody. Prior to your experience in 2019, did you focus on mental health with regard to the fitness and nutrition and so forth? We did in the sense of mindset programming, but I didn't, you know, my first book, Always Pick Last, is a true story of how I grew up. I was a kid that stunk at every sport, last to take his training wheels off his bike and last to tie his shoes. And it was, you know, it was quite challenging to do all that. And then I had a life-changing event. This wedding ring on my right hand is my dad's. My dad died of alcoholism when I was, when he was, when I was 12 and he was only 48. Great guy, but he drank too much. Mm-hmm. And when I got into all these things, you know, that, that was my kind of first experience with depression. You know, I'm like, okay. imagine being a 12-year-old boy. You go to you do your paper, your father's in the hospital, you think nothing's wrong, and then you come home. And I think I, I already sent you the book on audio. You come home and his best friend's there and he tells you your father died. I mean, it's like shocking. And then going to see your father in a casket. And it's kind of funny. I was a kid that was picked on all the time. A close uncle taught me to take karate. It saved my life. So I noticed a pattern. If you train, you feel better. If you practice, you get better. So it's interesting because I tell when I go out and do school talks or talks anywhere, I never planned on being a personal fitness coach, corporate wellness coach, or mental health advocate or anti-bullying specialist. When I went to school for this exercise physiology, it just kind of happened. It just, it happened. So I would say, did we focus on mental health back then? Not specifically, even though there was undertones. Like when my, my first book came out, it was made into a play, Always Pick Class. And an article was done on me in uh, the local paper for Mr. Connecticut. And I talked about depression in kids because when you look at it, uh, when you look at children, when they get bullied, they become depressed. And I don't know if you heard the stats recently. It's you know mental health, mental illness is up by 34.1% in the U.S. 34.1%. Here's the other scary stats. Uh, CDC, I think the numbers are off. I think they're higher. CDC released this about two months ago that ages 15 to 44, leading cause of death was overdose. Second leading cause of death was suicide. 15 to 44-year-olds? Wow. And sixth six leading cause of death was liver failure. Can you imagine a 15-year-old liver's failing? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. So when you look at when you look when you look at the whole model in a sense of like addiction, okay, what is addiction? People can't get right with themselves, right? That's why they drink. That's why they do drugs. They want to they want to numb off and feel better. And if the worst addiction, the easiest addiction is sugar. You don't need an ID to get sugar. So people compensate by eating. People compensate by that. And that in itself, when you look at addiction, is mental illness too, because you can't shut it off. I mean, how many people? My ex drove drove in in the car with two young kids. I mean, who does that? You know, that's that's not mentally right, right? It doesn't make sense. So when you look at it, in the sense of as a personal fitness coach, corporate wellness consultant, and self defense tactics instructor, when you have people do that stuff, you rebuild their confidence. Doesn't matter whether they're eight or eighty-eight. Like I had a young girl start with me a few months ago. This is how bad bullying is at school. The girls will fight, and some one of their friends will film it on their phone. They'll pull hair and then they send it to their friends, so they get embarrassed. You know. I mean, this, this, this new error of this thing, this, this thing that we're all tied to now is very scary because anybody can say anything they want. They can bully anytime they want. And um, there was a, a very successful, very affluent town in California. I, I don't know the name of it, but there was a condition called affluence. This was a very gymnastics-based 
but girls gymnastics town. So these 10 and 12 year old girls and 14 year old girls, if they didn't make the gymnastics team, they were jumping off the bridge. Wow. And they were calling the condition affluence. Look at recently, uh, was it, uh, was it Naomi Judd? Naomi Judd eventually was depression. They had the woman from, um, the 2019, uh, Miss America four months ago, jumped off a bridge in our own state, our own state last year, 2021, the mental health officer, law enforcement officer for the entire state of Rhode Island jumped off the Newport Bridge, Matt Beltrami. And it's going up. uh, uh, Donna Scaretti, who started Back to Blue, which is in New York, which was after her first daughter died from a pool accident. Her two daughters are in the military. Her daughter's unit, two months ago, they had four suicides, four. So, you know, what's going on here? You know, people call, people say COVID was the pandemic. This is the pandemic, mental illness. It is the pandemic. And I think with military trying to transition home from going, all right, I'm a combat guy. Now, now, now what do I do? You know, how do you kind of get out of that mindset? If you're really seriously active military, I mean, some of those guys, that's tough. And men and women, that's just tough. You know, it's just, it's, I I just find that that whole concept challenging to almost like flip the switch and turn it off. I have close friends that are three and four time purple hots. You know, they've got definitely residual residual effects from it. How can you not? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, no matter what kind of combat situation you're in or other, even other traumatic experiences that may happen during your time of service. Absolutely. Well, uh, exactly. I appreciate that. You know, I'm a movie buff and there was a great movie with Brad Pitt called Fury. And I don't know if you've ever seen it, but he's a tank commander. He's had the same crew and he's good scars. He's tough as nails. and He has that bravado and the whole bit. And his second gunner gets shot and they get a little cleaning up the mess and they put a new guy in there. Who's like a pencil pusher guy has no clue. And they're kind of rough on this guy. So now Brad Pitt says, you know, he's from like Jersey, tough as nails. He's like, because I was killing Nazis in in Africa. Now I'm killing Nazis in Germany. That's been going on for two or three years. He says, okay, guys, I'm going to get my orders. And he goes out behind the barracks alone and he takes a knee and he starts to cry for about 30 seconds. That one scene says it all. You know, and then and the tough part, I think, no offense to females or males, is that you know the whole idea of well, men are supposed to be tougher, men aren't supposed to be vulnerable. And I tell all my clients, anybody I consult consult with, or when I go speak, I go, vulnerability is strength. Um, what was the uh, Courage Under Fire with Meg Ryan? There's a scene where she breaks down. It's a true story. She breaks down, and one of the soldiers is like, "What are you doing, crying?" She goes, "It's just stress. How can you how can you not be stressed? How can you not be stressed in a combat environment? You know the things they see." Sure, absolutely. Now, could you go into a little more detail about your three pillars and how well, they specifically apply to those transitioning from the military? So you think about it, like they're usually keep, keep it active. They're doing PT the whole bit, and then they go to not, you know, to go back to civilian life. So when you look at exercise, okay, let's just take the exercise model. We know for a fact it raises your endorphins. We know that. We know that completely. What is what do endorphins do? They sweep out the bad hormones. Now. When you think about bad hormones, now you've got adrenaline and non epinephrine and non-epinephrine, adrenaline and non-adrenaline. Now, what people don't realize about adrenaline, the fight or flight mechanism, is that hormone, normal hormones, regular, you know, all the hormones in your body normally have receptor sites. They have to have, they have to be able to attach to something else. Adrenaline doesn't. It can freely go in and out of any cell at once. So how do you go from a combat situation to that? And one of the best ways to do it that we found is high intensity training. And then the whole martial arts where we're hitting focus pads. Cause I'm a Muay Thai guy from Sityatong, Marta Lagrati school and SBG East hitting focus, mix, getting out that aggression. Like I, I have a lot of people coming out of recovery from addiction 
and you show them focus message, they hit them like, oh my God. And they get almost like addicted to it. So that point of that is you can get that adrenaline rush and that endorphin rush. Plus, let's face facts, as a species, we're kind of violent. We can't help it. So hitting stuff is fun and it's de-stressing. So that is a big thing, the high intensity training. And I always tell clients, find what works. Like me, my whole thing is martial arts, high intensity training, and believe it or not, yoga. You know, believe it or not, yoga. And yoga to me is one of the best forms of, it's the, it's the, all three work for me as far as, you know, and I tell people all the time, I go, look, if you like spinning, go spinning. If you like swimming, go swimming. Whatever's going to raise your endorphins and raise your confidence level. And so that's that pillar. So that definitely, we know for a fact that helps. Excuse me. And we've proven it gets rid of adrenaline the whole bit. When we look at adrenaline, what does adrenaline do? It artificially raises your heart rate. I mean, they've done studies on these stupid phones when like an alert goes off. There's a little, they've, they've actually put, put people on EKGs that your heart rate will bump up. So you're causing more stress, you know? And when you think about it, do we really have to have a fight or flight mechanism? You or I? No, but if the military, they don't know what's coming around the corner. You know, now, now how do you shut that off? Like me, I go into a restaurant with a girlfriend and I'm like, I automatically have situational awareness, you know, I'm facing the door the whole bit. Military is on a whole nother level. You know, anytime I'm dealing with the law enforcement, the same things. Now, if you take the nutrition piece, we're going to the nutrition piece. Okay. When you really think about it, you are what you eat, right? You eat garbage, garbage in, garbage out. It's like a computer. You know, if I'm eating donuts, you guess what's going to happen? You're going to get that artificial high from the sugar and then that drop. And then what else happens? Oh, now my pants are tight. Now I look like hell. You know, now I feel, and it makes you drained and sluggish versus eating healthy, you know, eating a better diet, more specific for you. The difference is, you know, it's, it's what we always say. It's the two C's commitment and consistency. And it's on one of my certification tests. I go, what's, what's more important? Well, commitment. Well, if you're not consistent, you can't be committed. Well, then it's consistency. Well, if you're not consistent, you can't be committed. You have to have both. So you have to have that commitment to be consistent with everything. You know, as Joe Rogan would say, as, you know, as motivation drops down, drops, which it will, you know, all fight up, motivated Monday, discipline takes over. So can you be disciplined to not eat that, to not do that? I mean, it's almost like dealing with an addiction. How, how do you break the addiction cycle by being disciplined saying, I'm not going to pick that up? Now, to get to the, to the last level, mindset programming. Okay, that's very important. I think the, the stats are, I think Dr. Wayne Dyer said that, said this, that we have, or it's been documented, we have 60,000 separate thoughts a day. The problem is we have the same 60,000 separate thoughts a day, you know, and we're all, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to be, you know, I'm pretty blunt about who I am. I mean, my books are out there completely exposed and transparent. We're our own worst enemies, right? We are, we're our worst enemies. You know, I look fat, forget when, when, when I put out my, my MMA condition DVDs and I had to edit them, I'm like, oh my God, why did I say that? Look at that angle there. Oh my, my stomach's, I'm the worst. And we have to get to a place after going through trying to commit suicide myself twice in 2019, you know, 12, 22, 19, I, that scar on my neck is real. Try to slit my own throat. And then 12, the 12, 23, 19, I literally tried to jump off the Tobin bridge. Like I was looking for a pocket space, you know, state trooper sent me. Now, when you look at that, what is that all about? The programming? Why, why, why I got overwhelmed the whole bit. How do you get out of that mindset? Well, you got to surround yourself with positivity, you know, and you have to start thinking more positive. One of the biggest things I say to everybody, it's a chapter in my book, and this is a quote from, I believe, Mark Twain. And this is kind of deep. I know this is deep. Forgiveness is the fragrance that is shed by the violet on the heel that has crushed it. So forgiveness is the fragrance that is shed by the violet on the heel that has crushed it. Who's the first person you're going to forgive? Yourself. Mm. Guilt, regret, and shame will cripple anybody. You know, when people say, well, 
you know, when you look at mental illness, we call it, it's another chapter of the book called The Hidden Wound. You know, if you have a cast in your arm, hey, Michelle, what happened to your arm? You say you're anxious or, you, you know, you get suicidal ideation. People are like, whoa. You know, you say you have cancer, people show up with food in your house. Mm. So it, it's a big challenge to get rid of the stigma. Matter of fact, I'm involved with McLean Hospital in Belmont because they started a program five years ago, five years ago called Deconstructing the Stigma. They literally interviewed me and the whole, and the whole point behind this book is to get it out there, do TEDxes and get people talking about it. So I think mindset is just getting into that mode. Like I, I've got seven tattoos and they all need something like, you know, the kids call my girls call me Batman. So why do I love Batman? He has no superpowers. He just, he gets knocked down. He just gets back up. You know, and this one on my chest is tied for be relentless, some box and bomb. And I think when it comes to your recovery, you have to be relentless. You have to be relentless. Like I tried pills. I tried ther- I tried it all. And then when I went to McLean Hospital, I was in a lockdown ward. I found out about ECT therapy, electroconvulsive therapy. Now it's got about a 97% success rate, 12 treatments. Then you start tapering. I started feeling better after three. Mm-hmm. Three. Okay. And, and when I mentioned it to people like doctors that knew me, like, oh, you should have done that. Yeah, that's because Hollywood demonized it with the movie One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest when they showed it without anesthesia. It's been out since 1938. So to me, there's plenty of other options out there. There's the carnivore diet that people talk about that will help you with that. Then there's actually going to people like Dr. Mark McCullough, who's a natural pap, to really analyze why you why are you having this problem? You know, that you have to have the three pillars: exercise, nutrition, mindset, programming. What you sure. garbage in, garbage out. Sure. Now, can you use the three pillars before you transition out to kind I of think so, pave yeah. the way a little bit? I would think so. Yeah. I mean, you know, keep up your exercise level when, it, when, when you're, when you're there, follow your nutrition, right. And then mindset, you know, they've done studies that, you know, kids that are playing violent, you know, th- this was a Dr. Wayne Dyer concept. You gotta be really careful what you're listening to, what you're reading, what, you, what you're watching TV. Look at the news. Is the news ever good? No. Right. I don't think so. It, it, 80% of it's garbage and it's all bad. You know, like look at the stats. They, they give us all these stats on how many people died. I'm like, how do you, how'd you get those stats so fast? That doesn't make any sense. So, I mean, you got to be careful and weed out the disinformation. So I think reading and programming your mind while you're out there and then, you know, watching nutrition, you know, if you're eating garbage, you're going to be garbage. If, if there's a way when you're in the military to kind of be able to focus on that, that's great. I mean, one of the biggest ways you can focus on it is the exercise piece, mm-hmm. exercise in the mindset, maybe not the food because their food is their food. What are some examples of people who have used the, these three pillars to to really overcome their mental illness? Do you have any? You mean as far as testimonials? Um, just kind of people with whom you've worked. Just kind of just examples of how they're oh. kind of using that process to uh, uh, to help a friend them. Friend of mine, Rich O'Connor. Rich O'Connor is a three or four time um, Purple Hot veteran. You know, we've been friends for years and trained regularly. And, uh, you know, he almost lost his life to a roadside bomb and he's been, he, he's an MMA guy. He lost, he, he always says, uh, Tim Kennedy, who's a professional fighter and a ranger, they, Richie lost, he got second place in the all army combative. So Richie's a big fan of working out all the time. And then, you know, cleaning up his diet, watching the alcohol and everything else. He's, he's a huge fan of that. Uh, other people that we've seen too, you know, with the national guard in the military, in the law enforcement, I mean, with the law enforcement, especially just locally, you know, we, we've done a lot of work with them that alleviate the pressure. I mean, they've got one step below the military because the military is on the front line. I wouldn't even say one step below, but they're almost on the same line. And you start hearing these police officers saying, oh, yeah, you see that accident last week with the, with the motorcycle? The guy's head came off. I'm like, how can you just like walk home and not, and, you know what I mean? Like just write that off. So I think it's important to vent that stress 
you know, that's what we found that it's worth. Like we have a Facebook page after Matt Beltrami died. That's basically a nonprofit. Reach out, reset, recharge. So being able to reach out to people and then reset and recharge any way you can. So I think, I think, you know, those are some of the examples that have worked because when we put that page up, I think we've got a thousand followers now and people are always looking for information. So I'm always putting out something like our big thing now is I'm like, we have what's called an MHMMM. That's on my Facebook page now and at Burma Currents and Kevin Currents. And it's two minutes of exercise, nutrition. We show that it's only a five minute video and then mindset program, give you a word of the day. And so I usually tell people, go focus on one word. Like my, you know, you'll see Rocky here and, you know, getting up, you know, uh, Ali, there's, there's everything motivational around here. Mm-hmm. Think, think like that. And there's people that do that. You know, there's people that literally we consult with say, do this, do this, do this. Here's your program. Here's your plan. And then keep consistent results and track yourself. How are you feeling? What's, what's feeling good? What's feeling bad? What's not working? What's working? I think that's the most important thing. So people like Richie O'Connor, um, Luke Bonin have gone through stuff like that. And uh, some of my own law enforcement uh, friends too. Mark Marcy, you know, 23 year, 23 year Hoboken detective. I mean, I know this is more military, but law enforcement, you know, think about it. A lot of the law enforcement people, firefighters, including, well, I mean, first responders have come out from the military and that's where they go. You know, because it's almost like they go, they gravitate right to that job. Mm-hmm. I hope that answers the question. It, it does. Sure. Absolutely. And just so now with your pillars, do you feel, how do you feel that your pillars have helped you in terms of just kind of resetting everything with regard to your own experiences? You know, that's a very good question. I think the consistency level, like the biggest mistake I made when I was 14, I started going to martial arts. I realized very young that if you ask for help, it's okay to ask for help. And then I kind of forgot when I started getting sick and I kept it to myself. Like my this friends of mine that read this book and they're like, I was there that day when this happened to you and, and you did, I didn't know and this, that, and the other thing. So I think it's helped me open my eyes to say, okay, what's my mindset here? You know, what's my mindset? Like when I finished my ECT therapy and they wanted me to stay on a low dose of antidepressant, I pushed it back. And my therapist was like, he's like, well, you know, you're in, you know, they, they pull the, the lab, not the lab coat, but they have to protect their butts. Well, you're in remission. I'm like, no. I choose to be cured. Mm-hmm. Choose. I mean, they've done studies with people that have had cancer. There was multiple studies in uh, Patch Adams, the movie with Robin Williams, where the Gesundheit Institute, where they found laughter and all this other stuff works. I mean, mm-hmm. they know for a fact laughter changes the catecholamines in your body and makes you feel better. You know, so why not? I'm like, if you can catch yourself going through that, I think for me, what I do is I can almost catch myself in an anxious moment or feeling overwhelmed. And the thing that I remember all the time going through being at McLean hospital, what I've done too, is I've said this, somebody always has it worst. Somebody. And then taking a a Taoist principle, you know, from Lao Tzu, you know, if you're in the Valley, you should be celebrating because the hill's coming. There's only one way. And if you're at the top of the hill, you can't celebrate forever because the the Valley's coming. I mean, that is life. You know, one of my famous quotes for everybody else is, you know, life's an ocean. You're in, your, you're in your little boat. It's nice and calm. And five seconds later, you get trashed. <laughs> you get drowning in the, and you're, you're bailing out. And that's just life. You know, that's why the book, there's light in the tunnel, not at the end. Because when you look at people going through all that stuff, especially suicide, suicidal ideation, which feels like a, it feels like a cement overcoat. You don't want to hear, what's well, it? The, 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 tomorrow will be okay. No, you want it over now. And I think one of the best ways for me, especially for anybody, but what I've consulted people is short exercise, go for a walk, call a friend, any of those, have a list of what you can do. Breathing, 
deep breathing, settle down. And, and then, and then my new book, which is coming out in a, in a few months called check the facts. For, and, and you know, it's the, it's the illusion of control. We think we're in our cars and we have control. Do we really have control? Do you have control of your tires? No. Do you have control of your engine? No. Do you have control of these idiot drivers that are on their phone? No. And how much, how much did it really take to get a license nowadays? It's a joke. And we have all these distractions now. People used to worry about the radio. Now you got to worry about this. I mean, you see truck drivers on their phones with 18 wheelers. It's like, are you kidding? That'll take out a entire population. So I think that whole flexibility with being able to go stop for a minute, you know, hit the brakes, tap, take the 50,000 foot view if you can, you know, mm. and my tattoos all mean something. So they remind us, I'm like, okay, like this is consistency and wavering belief in, in a disciplined code of conduct. Just to remember, I'm like, what's my discipline here? What's my discipline here? What's my discipline here? You know, and that takes some thought process that takes some reflection. You know, I always, I always advocate people um, to like, one thing I learned out of Alan, which is the other side of alcoholism, to get out a thank you journal, gratitude journal, just write down five things you're grateful for. And I like David Goggins has this, he'll go through something difficult, he'll write it on a piece of paper and then put it in the cookie job. When he's going through something else that's tough, he'll take out one of those pieces and go, yeah, I got through that. I can get through this. Mm, so it's an interesting nice. way to, to kind of think about that. And, and, you know, the other big thing is I love one of those quotes, you know, yesterday's history, tomorrow's a mystery, and today's a gift. That's why they call it the present. What are some takeaways, some words of wisdom as people try to get started with, with the three pillars or with some other thing to really overcome and, and work through that mental illness? I appreciate that. Number one, be patient. Be patient. At the same time, be consistent. You know, myself, I get up every morning and do Wim Hof breathing, the, the, the uh, diaphragmatic breathing. They've proven it kills the bad cells and it sets the standard. Okay. The next thing I do, I do 20, 22 to 30 pull-ups for the veterans that have died every day. That's my people are doing push-ups. I do pull-ups. It's a lot harder. Um, three, you know, stay consistent with your, with your nutrition. You know, just try to stay as consistent. If you can do 80 to 90% of staying on point, you're ahead of the game. You're ahead of the game. And I think sure. the, the other takeaway is the other takeaway is, you know what? Progress not perfection. We are all in progress. We're all in progress. I mean, life was, Matthew McConaughey has a great saying, life isn't, life, I love that Texas draw. Life was never made to be easy. Whoever told you they lied. <laughs> Complicated, right? It is. And, and I think the other big one I take away from yoga is this, get comfortable being uncomfortable. You know, now they're going from military to home. They're going to almost reset everything. You know, and give yourself time. There's a great saying from uh, a great yoga mentor, not hindsight, because hindsight's judgment. Kindsight, because how do you know what it is until you went through it? Give yourself a break. At the same time, give yourself a break, hold yourself accountable to a regimen. The most successful people have a routine. Routine. You know, routine. Sure. As far as your own programming. Okay. Fantastic. I love that. Was that, too many, was that too many points? I hope. I don't know. No, no, that's, that's fine. That's great. Fantastic. I just love your just focus on the, you know, sort of like the Nike, just do it type thing. So, well, really. see, the problem with Nike is Nike left the word out. They said, just do it. My thing is just do it now. Just do it now. You know, just do it now. Like I love Jocko. Jocko, he has so many pictures of his watch. 4.30, he gets up. 4.30, he gets up. 4.30, he gets up to work out. <laughs> and he, goes in and he, he said it's just mindset. And the other thing I like about it, I was listening to him this morning, is being able to take a step back from a situation. So there's a book called Buddha's Brain. And Buddha's Brain is all about this, what's called first dart, second dot theory. So first dot is when something happens to you, an insult. Second dot is, this is where language gets funny. 
Second dot is your response versus your reaction. If you can hit pause, you know, it's not what happens to you. It's your interpretation. What happens to you? Like, you know, I, somebody was dating for a while. They, they were renting a house and all of a sudden the landlord turned around, they're going to sell the house. I'm losing my home. I'm like, you're not losing your home. You've got six weeks. I go plus Massachusetts. You can drag it out. No, oh, oh, I'll it. It's, do you want to, do you want to be a victim or do you want to be a victor? Which do you want to be? Sure. You want to suck your thumb and go in your room and have a pity party or you want to get to work? And I, and one thing I'll tell everybody that's transitioning out there too, this is a big thing that I always tell people. I'm like, you know what? Everybody has one gift, at least one gift. Don't keep it wrapped. You matter and you're not alone. Nice. Fantastic. Well, Kevin, how can people get in contact with you? Uh, burnwithcurrents.com or Kevin at burnwithcurrents.com. And I'm so old school. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this, which people aren't gonna believe. 508-404-8503. I pick up my phone. That's what Alexander Graham Bell invented him for. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. We'll include all of those things in the show notes. Kevin, you're amazing. I really appreciate your focus and just really getting down to business when it comes to your health. Well, thank I, you I so appreciate- much. No, thank you, Michelle. I appreciate your opportunity and flexibility. I go, this is all about helping everybody else. I think the That's biggest right. problem with mental illness and illness in general, but especially mental illness, people think they're alone. They think they don't matter. That's the challenge. You matter. You're not alone. And if you're going through that, find help, reach out to a friend, reach out to a colleague, talk to somebody, you know, just talk to somebody. I don't care. I don't care if it's a priest, rap, it doesn't matter. Somebody that will get your mind straight and say, you know what, you, you, let's get you into here. Let's get you into there. But people have such a tendency to like back off. I'm like, you can't back off. You go forward. 